All right, David. Welcome. Welcome again to Catalyst. Uh, we are in the series of True Discipleship. Um, the, the series started with Pastor Barry, and he was talking about what a disciple looks like in biblical times. He talked about how being a disciple is being like Christ. BLC. It's the anthem of the CS. And he used, <laughs> he used the, the Mediterranean dust to symbolize our commitment to Jesus. Last week, Pastor Robert talked about taking up your cross daily and how each one of our crosses will be different. Don't compete. Don't compare. If you've been following, again, our Engage to Flourish podcast, the past few weeks they've been having roundtable discussions about what a disciple looks like to them and just how they live that out. And if you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend it. If you don't know how to get to it, just go to the website. It's all there. I, I tried. It's on the website. For me, when I hear the word disciple, I actually think of three different things. Uh, the first thing is I think of the 12 disciples. Um, I have a picture of it. If you've never seen their names before, there it is. Um, they were everyday people. They came in all different shapes and sizes. They were from tax collector to fishermen, from a zealot, and on and on. There are some that we don't even know exactly what their backgrounds were. But if you were to translate that to today, it might look something like someone who works in finance, maybe someone who works for the IRS, maybe someone who works as a full-time activist, a protester. Another might be someone who works as minimum wage, maybe a teacher, an instructor, a nurse, a designer. But the 12 disciples weren't the most cohesive bunch. But these were the disciples that Jesus chose. He chose them, and they didn't always get along, but they came together because of Christ and his beauty, and they understood, they knew that he was the Messiah. But of the 12 disciples, um, they're just everyday people. Run-of-the-mill people just like you and me. They weren't high in power. They're just normal people. I just want you to keep that in mind. The second thing that I think about when I hear the word disciple is I think of the Great Commission. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you to the end of the age. I have this really cool picture of it. We've all kind of heard this message before. The Great Commission means go. It's a, it's a commanding verb. It's an action. You have to go and do it. Go, he's, Jesus is talking to the 11 disciples, and he says, go out and make more disciples. For me, sometimes I feel like there's this expectation. There's like this weight on my, sh this mind on my shoulders. Like, I know what I should be doing, but I'm not always sure that I'm actually doing it. Sometimes I think, oh, I have to turn on my Christian brain all the time. I have to turn it on always. Maybe not all of you think this way, but uh, when the Great Commission comes to mind, there's this feeling of, I have to do this instead of, I want to do this. The third thing that I think of when I think of the word disciple is, being a disciple is hard. It's, it's just not easy. It's really, really hard. Whether you're 12 years old or 70 years old, right now you're living in 2023, the world that we live in today. And so something I wanted to bring up in, is today, we're in a world in a society where you're constantly being seduced. You're constantly being pulled in all these different directions. I looked up all the different streaming services there were. There's Netflix, Prime, HBO, Hulu, Peacock, Disney+, Paramount+, Apple TV+, Discovery+, Crunchyroll, ESPN, Hallmark, YouTube TV, cable, Hulu has live sports, and the list goes on and on and on. There's so many different streaming services, and that's just the TV. There's social media, there's trending news. We're being pulled in all these different ways, and we're in an age where we can find any kind of information at our fingertips, in our pocket. Anything that our imagination cooks up, we can pull that. We're in an informational digital age. Whether you know it or not, we are in a high-performance, high-exhaustion environment. 
high pressure environment meaning we all put such high expectations on ourselves to do all these certain things. I have to be the better father. I need to be the best wife. I have to be the best worker. I have to provide the most opportunity for my kids. I have to get good grades. Everyone around you is running on all cylinders. Everyone around you is trying to do their best. And so many times we're living life to the maximum. We have to go really, really hard. And that makes us very tired. Have you ever seen someone in a long time, oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm tired. It's, it's just all the time. We're just always tired because we're living in a society, in an environment where you're living at the maximum. High performance, high exhaustion. We're in a very, very competitive market, and honestly, you're turning on yourself. I have to do these things. I have to do better. We're constantly comparing ourselves to other people, whether consciously or unconsciously doing it. The world we live in right now is, is tough, and I, and I understand this is just a morsel of, of what we're experiencing. I don't know all the things that are going on in your life, whether financial, family, relational, spiritual, health, but I have to acknowledge that we are all struggling with something. And so then I think of the kingdom of God, and Jesus has, Jesus has to compete with that, all those different things. Where does God even fit in that picture? God, I don't doubt, I don't doubt your existence, but can I, do I even have the mental capacity to, to fit you into my schedule? Maybe some of us aren't like that. Maybe some of us are like, God, I want to have all of that and you at the same exact time. We're constantly being bombarded with distractions and information in an environment that's so fast-paced. Go, 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 go. You see the irony? God, or being a disciple is hard and it's difficult. And then when I think about the Great Commission on top of that, God, we're talking about being a disciple and then making disciples on top of all of that? Take me out, coach. That's too much. That's too hard. That's impossible. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my word remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Jesus is the vine. The first thing above all else, we do need to remain in him. We need to remain in the God who loves you, who takes care of you, the God who knows you more than you know you, we need to remain in the one who has created us with a specific purpose. God is good. A disciple is being like Christ. And I have to admit, that is really, really hard. You know, actually, there are four things. There are four things that I think of. I'm sorry, not three. There are four things I think of when I think of the word disciple. I think about discipleship. I think about the people that I'm surrounded by every Sunday. The people that have encouraged me, the people who have uplifted me, prayed for me, laughed with me, rebuked me, sent me podcasts. I think about the people that I've seen grown over the years that I've been here. I think about the relationships that have been built and people flourishing in their design as I get to know them more. Sorry, I have an old picture. 
Discipleship today is actually happening all around us. Whether intentionally or unintentionally, there's a degree of mentorship that's happening right now. Whether it's in small groups, whether it's during key huddles, discipleship is happening here. But what does discipleship really look like in today's world? So I have this video, this other video that I have. Uh, I've been sitting on it for a while. I really, really like it. Um, it's in Thai, so it's not in English, so there are subtitles on the bottom. Um, but really, you don't have to read them to really understand what's going on during the story. And so it's not a Christian video, so don't take everything to heart. But um, let's, let's just have a look at this video. จะได้อะไรถ้าเขาทำแบบนี้ทุกวันเขาจะไม่ได้อะไรเลยไม่ได้รวยขึ้นไม่ได้ออกทีวีไม่มีใครรู้จักไม่ได้มีชื่อเสียงที่มากขึ้นเพราะสิ่งที่เขาได้คือได้แค่ความรู้สึกได้เห็นความสุขได้เข้าใจได้ความรักในสิ่งที่เงินซื้อไม่ได้ได้โลกที่สวยงามกว่าเดิมในชีวิตคุณอะไรคือสิ่งที่คุณต้องการมากที่สุดเราเห็นวิดีโอและเขาทำอะไรที่ไม่ดี
simple, easy things. He, they were saying, you know, he buys things that money can't buy. He buy, he's, he's, he's receiving emotions. Now, we're not saying we have to take after that man's life. But consider the impact that he did for very easy things. It won't be an easy route for all of us, but discipleship looks different for everyone. Catalyst is all about being who you are according to Christ. Be who you were meant to be and live that out. But it comes down to a doing factor. I want you to think about a time when you, when you were mentored. Whether it was for a sport and you got one-on-one coaching, whether it was for your first time on the job and you had to shadow someone to see how they do it, maybe you were mentored when you did an activity for the very first time that you had to watch someone how to get into the kayak so you don't fall out. Whether you've experienced something like this or not, there's an understanding that a face-to-face passing of knowledge has proven to help in, in learning and the passing down of knowledge. Your engagement with the church here at Catalyst or a church at another church, it's critical to have a face-to-face level. The key word here is engagement. It's not just about showing up. Engagement leads to transformation. There's a retreat that's coming up at the end of the year. Don't just mark your calendars. Make an appointment because you're going to be there. You're committing. You're going. Being in a small group is good. Being part of a tea huddle is good. You're already learning from the generations that you're already learning from the generations before you, and you're passing on the lessons and experience that you've learned to the generations after you. Now I want you to take a look around at this church today, and if you're like me and you're at lunch, just look around at people when they're eating at lunch. See the faces of the community of the people that you are here with today. Very naturally, we as humans pass down knowledge from generation to generation. Hey, I don't think you should lick your finger and put it in that socket. It's not good for you. There are things that we just naturally pass down. But life is passing on knowledge on a face-to-face level. And when Jesus was with his 12, he was there. He was with them. and He was passing information with them on a face-to-face level. Now, discipleship might look and feel different, from the time of Jesus, but it's still very relevant. Some of you are discipling your kids. That's a good thing. There's intentionality, there's virtue, but are you flourishing? Are you engaging? Are you transforming and being like Christ? We're all doing this together. We're all learning to be disciples and trying to apply it at the same exact time. And everyone is struggling, like I said before. We're all helping each other out. There's intentionality in discipleship, there's uplifting, there's rebuking, there's processing, and there's obedience to what the Spirit is saying to us. This this actually reminds me of a story uh, when I was in college. uh, There was this on-campus ministry called AACS. It's an on-campus ministry, Christian ministry, and it reminds me of when I was in discipleship um, my sophomore year. I started meeting with this guy, his name is Ryan, and he sat me down and very seriously he said, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this. We're, we're going we're gonna to go through everything. There's no backing out. There's no halfway in, halfway out. We're doing this. And so at the time, I didn't really know what I was signing up for, but I was like, all right, let's do it. And so as we met up in my discipleship, and I was learning from him, we met up week after week, and he, I would say he transformed my life where I am as a Christian. It was, he was the pivoting point of opening my eyes and understanding theology and doctrine, and, and just we, we, we lived life together. I had my first my first drink of alcohol with him when I turned 21. Like, he, we lived life together, and we grew, and he grew me in so many different ways because we had that face-to-face level, and he 
We talked about dating and relationships. We talked about friendships and the hardships of life. And we walked through that journey together on a face-to-face level, and we met every, every single week. And it, it was hard when he would rebuke me and say, like, hey, I don't think you should do those things. But through that relationship, I learned a lot of my identity as a Christian through him, through that face, that one-on-one level. And then I think about when I was discipling someone in the same Christian club. It was my senior year. It was around November. I signed up for the discipleship class to be someone who disciples someone else. And I got paired up with this guy named Kyle. And Kyle and I were very different people. Let's, let's start with that. Um, he, he was a lot more introverted than me. The only thing we had in common is that we were guys and we were in Eagle Scouts. Eagle Scouts together. That was the only thing we really had in common. And whenever I'd ask him questions, just trying to get to know him, he's like, really short answers. Well, I don't know. Like, okay. And so I took him through all the tests. We went through Myers-Briggs, personality tests. We went through love languages. We did, we did all the tests. And I was like, well, what do you think about your results? He's like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. Okay, I'm not getting anywhere with you. So I, start, I had him ask your friends, how do your friends describe you? And so we went through this super long journey of discovering who he was. And we had done all these different books. We had gone through all these different like courses. And so I was, tr- I was trying to plan. I was trying to be the best for him and helping him grow. But it was, it was really hard. It was really difficult. And there were times when <laughs> I just wouldn't know what to plan. So we would kind of just hang out because I wouldn't know what else to do. And so it gets to the end of the end of my senior year. And traditionally what happens is that the person being discipled will send off the person that they were being discipled by. And so he was sending me off at, that thing, at the banquet. And he said, the biggest thing that I remember of the discipleship that I had with Brandon was there was one day we're hanging out at his apartment and we're just talking and we're just reminiscing about what our life was. And we're just hanging out. And he said that was his favorite time. So for me, I was like, all that planning. <laughs> That's his favorite moment when I didn't even plan anything. And he said that that was the most important time for him. So I wanted to confirm that story. So I had called him last week. And I was like, hey, do you remember saying this? And he was like, no. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, well, what did you remember from our discipleship? And so we haven't been meeting up for at least maybe four or five years. And so he was just telling me, updating him, me on his life. And he was like, oh, so I'm a USC staffer now. So he, we were at Long Beach together, now he's staffing at USC, and then he casually slips in, oh yeah, da-da-da, at seminary school. Seminary school? He, he's now in seminary school. It's his fourth semester, and, and I had no idea. And so I was asking him, like, do you remember anything about our discipleship? And he said, actually, yeah. He said, there were times when I would just ask him all these questions, and he had never asked himself these questions before. And so he was processing, and on his own, he would be like, oh, what are the answers to these questions? And so, if you know anything about me, I love asking questions. I love to just inquire and be like, oh, well, what about this? Oh, why that? I just love asking questions. And so my natural personality was just ask him all these things, and he had never been asked those questions before, so he's processing them. And so he says, as he's going through seminary school now, he says that when he's going through classes, he's starting to ask questions himself and process the things just on his own level. But if it wasn't because of our discipleship, he, that never would have happened. That was impactful to me because I didn't plan that. It was just who I was. It just came out. And I was just asking these things. At the end of the day, I was just obedient to the spirit and what he had created me to be and just learning to flourish through him. And now he's doing 
bigger and better things, and we're going to hang out really soon. But, but the moral of the story for me, like, I had no idea what I was doing. I was the senior in college, thinking I know it all, planning all these courses, but at the end of the day, it, the planning meant nothing. Well, not nothing, not nothing. But, <laughs> but what he got out of it was just my natural personality of who I was, and it helped shape him to where he is now. It's not because of me. It's because God just was using me for his kingdom and for his purpose. There's no way I would have considered that he'd been in seminary. The surprise in my voice when I said, you're in seminary? Whoa, 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 back up. And so we talked about it for another hour. I want to encourage you to consider, consider discipleship intentionally. I want you to pray about and consider either discipling someone or being discipled by someone here. Many of us have the same thoughts that go through our mind when we think about that kind of discipleship mentorship. Some people say things like, what if I'm not ready? What do, I, what do I have to offer someone else? Where do I start? Who do I ask? Oh, they're, they're too busy. I don't, I don't want to formally ask them. They're just going to say no, and it'll be awkward. I don't have it all together. I, I can't dis- disciple anyone. These are all very natural, very valid questions. Uh, a lot of times in the college fellowship I was in, these are the same questions that were asked. Oh, I, I, I'm not ready. I, I can't do that. You don't have to be ready. God will equip you for what you need. I want you to consider what discipleship might look like for you. All right, I have two, two parts of application. Um, I have one for my extroverted friends, and I have one for my introverted friends. There are two different ways of doing this. Because I know we're all different. And, and again, you don't have to do this. I'm not saying you have to do it, but I want you to consider it. Application part one. This is from my extroverted friends. Where's the easiest place to start? Well, first, you know, you, you have to pray. You, you always have to pray. Pray to God about putting someone on your heart. A face, a name, a section. We all have our assigned seating. A section. <laughs> I know, trust me, young adults were over there. It could be something as, once you have a face or a name or someone, hey, let's just meet up. Let's just hang out. Let's just get to know each other more. Let's grab some coffee. Let's go get a meal. Just asking each other questions and discovering more about who they are. I have to warn you, sometimes the first try, it just, it just won't be it. Maybe not the second, maybe not the third. But if God is calling you to a place of discipleship, being discipled or discipling someone, you're going to keep trying. So for my extroverted friends, it, it can be hard. It can be troublesome. But if God is pulling you that way, keep praying, keep doing it. Application part two. This is for my introverted friends. Well, you can do both if you're introverted or extroverted. But for, obviously, you can do both. But for the people who find it harder to approach someone else like that, um, I've created levels of difficulty. You can go to the next slide. I've created levels of difficulty. <laughs> it matters, right? If you go to a higher level, you have to do the ones below it like a rewards program. You have to do the other ones. Um, this is on top of the regular reading plan that we're doing, by the way. One chapter a day, every day. This is on top of that. Level one, read Titus two. That is a direct link to discipleship. It's, it's a really great read. I'm not going to go over it because it's your homework, obviously. So I, I highly recommend looking over Titus two. 
Um, it calls to us about what we can do in the church, about discipleship. Level two, read James 2, 14 through 26, twice a day, every day. It's not that much. If you're worried, it's not that much. But if you're reading it twice a day, morning and end, it will slowly start to shape the things that you do um, and keeping God in mind and what your faith is. Level three, watch The Chosen. I'm taking after Pastor Barry. Watch The Chosen. It's on Amazon Prime. It's free. It's a, it's a great show. Some of you might be going through it through small groups. But what's so awesome about it is, of course, it's about Jesus. But really, you're looking at the disciples and the lives that they're taking and how their lives are changing. And it's great. I, I'm, I'm into film. I've, I've watched a lot of bad Christian films. This is a good one. Right? And a lot of Christian films, they come off a little cheesy and kind of like, oh, that's kind of corny, whatever. But The Chosen, they do such a great job with character development. They're following scripture. They take some liberties, but watch The Chosen. It's, it's really great. And it's, and it's free. It's, it's free. You don't have to have Prime. Level four, look at your D-ship minutes and take a record. That one's hard. I have to explain this one. I was listening to this podcast, and they were talking about discipleship minutes. Um, a lot of times... If you're into finance, you'll like take a record of all the things that you bought throughout the week, and you'll put them on a spreadsheet, and you'll look at it. Well, discipleship minutes is you're looking at the minutes that you're spending with the Lord. It can feel like a task. I get it. It can feel like, oh, what am I doing? Hey, five minutes? I, I read the, the chapter today. Ooh, and then I read another, that's another 12 minutes. Take a record and look at what you're doing with the Lord every single day, and just consider, and just look at what your life is like. This is my week. Okay, I have six to eight hours sleeping, spending four hours eating. Ooh, that's a bit much. You know, and so look at the times of where you're spending time with the Lord and just consider, oh, man, I, I kind of want to get those numbers up. At first, it might be like, I just want to get the numbers up. But really, when you're spending more and more time with the Lord, you're going to forget about these discipleship minutes. You're just going to be doing it instinctively. And so I definitely want to encourage you to consider looking at the record that you do every week. When I looked at mine, I was like, oh, man, this number is a lot lower than I want it to be. And, of course, at any level, you, you have to pray. You have to just stay in that relationship with God and just be praying, God, what, where am I at? What do you want me to do? What do you want me? God, thank you. Just loving God. Prayer is a must in every facet. For those of you who might still have your 2 p.m. alarm, uh, from the last time I did a message, I said set your alarm for 2 o'clock. For those of you that still do that, you can do levels 1 and 2 at 2 o'clock. God, who's in charge? Let me read these Bible verses. It's a very simple way to do it. But as we consider what discipleship looks like today, many of you are already doing it. Some intentionally, some unintentionally, but even unintentionally, that's still a very good thing. But discipleship on a face-to-face level can help us lead us, can help lead us to transformation. It's a motivation and a method to carry our cross with other believers. We're not comparing, we're not judging, but we're helping each other. I want to please, please encourage you to do the homework. It can be applied today when we're at lunch. But I want you to look around here today. I want you to consider and think about the mentorship that you can give someone or that you can receive from someone else. I want you to consider your walk and your journey and how you can maybe help someone else on their journey as well. It's not limited to only the space inside this church, but it can be outside of the church as well, with coworkers, other friends who may be lost, or other coworkers. But I would really, really want you to consider and make an action on doing something about it. It's very easy to sit and do nothing. My wife knows I love sitting on a couch. It's very 
hard to get up and go, but I would like you to keep today. Let's pray. So Lord God, I thank you so much for just this church. I thank you for this family of believers. I thank you for just being the best God there is. And we thank you for just this community who we can learn from, who we can grow from. I thank you for just this, this space to, to explore what you have for us. And as we consider and think about discipleship, we can think about the people that have impacted us and that have mentored us or the people that we want to be mentored by. God, I just pray for the action that you provide in us and that we can get up and go and that we can do it, God. God, so we thank you. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for our online service. Hope you will join us in person sometime. It will be great to see you and meet you. Don't forget to subscribe to our Catalyst YouTube channel so you don't miss out on anything. And be blessed this week. And as always, thank you, Jesus.